You are listening to Revival Talk. I'm Pastor Terry Bailey, and I want to thank you for joining me today on the podcast. In today's message, we are talking about answering the call of God. For more information about our ministry, go to revivaltalk.org. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. And I want to talk to you this morning about answering the call of God. Answering the call of God. The Lord really dealt with me this week about this subject. It really wasn't something on my radar, but I just began to study and think about it. So I've written down some thoughts this morning that I want to share with you about answering the call of God. Romans eleven twenty nine says the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. That's from the New King James. The King James says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. In our study of the scriptures, we learn that every individual is called of God. This calling is not just reserved for pulpit ministry, for those who can sing and play. And I, I just want to give you some encouragement this morning. If every time you sing in the shower, it sets up all the dogs in the neighborhood, you're probably not called to sing on the praise team. I've known people through the years who wanted to sing on the praise team, who felt called to sing on the praise team. But after hearing them sing, we could not let them sing on the praise team. But every individual has a calling from the Lord. We often refer to pastors and evangelists and fivefold ministers as being the called of God. But you were born with a divine destiny. And you're called of God to ministry. Ephesians 4.16 says, From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. When you do not answer the call of God, when you do not take your place of ministry, we as a body are incomplete. Some years ago, I read a book that was written by Pastor Tommy Barnett. And he named this book, The Miracle is in the House. He said, oftentimes, everything that you need to succeed as a church is already in the house. We're praying for God to send this and God to bring that. And sometimes it's right here in our pews, the miracle, waiting for an opportunity for God to use that individual to answer the call that he's given to them. His message was simply this, God has planted what we need in his house. What is the call of God? Well, Dr. Frank Damasio defines the call of God as for the Christian leader. The call of God is the point of revelation, the personal foundation for ministry. Dr. Fuchsia Pickett has researched the callings of God, and she's concluded that there are 41 callings from God. They are as follows. Number one, called to fellowship with his son. Number two, called to peace. Number three, called into the grace of Christ. Number four, called his own sheep by name. Called according to his purpose. Called, number six, to lead the life he has imparted to us or called to abide. Number seven, called unto liberty. Eight, called walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Number nine, called unto holiness. Number ten, called unto complete sanctification of spirit, soul, 
and body. Number 11, called with a holy calling. Number 12, called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Number 13, called to salvation through sanctification. Number 14, called to inherit a blessing. Number 15, called to glory and virtue. Number 16, called to the marriage supper and to be the bride who has made herself ready. Number 17, called to apostleship. Number 18, called to be saints. Number 19, called the foolish, weak, and base things of the world. Number 20, called of God to minister unto him as priest. Number 21, that you may know what is the hope of his callings. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 20. Number 22, give diligence to make your calling sure. Number 23, called in one hope of your calling. Number 24, called unto his kingdom and glory. Number 25, called in one body. Number 26, called to receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Number 27, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Number 28, called to suffer. Most of us want to skip that one. But we're called at times to suffer. And I know that don't fit a lot of the theology that flows around today. But I want to tell you that there's never a time that you suffer that God is not right in the midst of that suffering. And he's with you to comfort you. He's with you to take care of you. And he's here to bring you out of that place of suffering. Can somebody say amen? amen. Many are called but few are chosen. Number 29. Few choose to respond to his call. Therefore, they're not called the chosen. They did not choose to be called. Number 30, called to eternal life. Number 31, called to be justified and glorified. Number 32, called to be vessels of mercy. Number 33, called as sinners to repentance. Number 34, called out of Egypt. Number 35, called to be disciples. Number 36, called to be confirmed to the image of his son. Number 37, called to be his people, his chosen. Number 38, called to obedience. Number 39, called to be with him. Number 40, called to humble ourselves, pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. Number 41, called from our mother's womb. There are three things that we need to understand about the call of God in our individual lives. Number one, it is a holy calling. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. The call of God in the life of the believer is a holy thing. So number one, it's a holy calling. Number two, it's a high calling. Philippians 3.14, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I like what the King James Version says. It says the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Our call is holy. Our call is a high calling. Number three, it's a hopeful calling. Hallelujah. We're called to infuse hope into a hopeless world, lost in darkness and bound by sin. We are a place of hope and a people of promise to the world outside that are not living according to the promises of God and are not experiencing the hope that is available to them through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a hopeful calling. Romans 15, 13, Therefore is the elect of God holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and suffering. We're called... To bring people into a hopeful calling. Number four, it's a humble calling. Colossians 3.12, Therefore is the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. It's a humble calling. Why? He says he'll take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. 
The Bible records numerous individuals who encountered the living God and received a divine call to leadership. The Lord told Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Thank the Lord that the Supreme Court of our land has overruled Roe v. Wade, and now that is no longer the law of this land. Can you say amen? But that fight is not over. That battle is not over. It now comes to the states. And we have to assure, and we, so what they're going to do is they're going to the courts right now who have put an injunction against that law and asking them to remove that injunction. Therefore, that will become law once that injunction is removed. And no longer after you can detect a heartbeat in a baby can it be aborted in the state of South Carolina. But they're already working now to pass a law so that we will not have abortion in the state of South Carolina. I think that we need to pray about that, believe for that, and stand for that. And that scripture right there is a scripture that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Wow. Before you were born, I sanctified you. That word sanctified means I set you apart. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 12, God issues a divine call to Moses. He miraculously appears to Moses in a burning bush. We learn in Exodus 3, 2, that the bush burned with fire, but it was not consumed. And in verse 4, God called to Moses in the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. God then gives Moses instructions on how to approach him. He told him, he said, put off your sandals, for you're standing on holy ground. Why did he tell him to take off his sandals? He was saying, I want you to take away everything that you've depended on. And I want you to stand before me vulnerable because I'm about to call you to do something great for me. In verse 6, he identifies himself. He said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When God issues a call, he will identify himself and give you instructions of how we're to approach him. And in verse 7, God reveals why he's calling Moses to go back to Egypt to deliver his people. Listen to what he said. I have seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. God calls leaders as servants to minister to his people. We are called of God to lead people out of bondage and to bring people into the glorious liberty that is available through the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to the last words of Jesus before he ascended into heaven. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. In Exodus chapter 3 verse 10 he says, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. He then makes Moses a promise in verse 12. So he said, I will surely be with you, and this will be a sign to you that I've sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Now I want to talk about Moses for a moment. You say, well, Moses was really qualified. No, Moses had murdered a man. Moses got ahead of God, he got ahead of the call of God, and he killed an Egyptian. And he had to flee Pharaoh, and he's living in the wilderness. He's keeping his father-in-law's sheep and flock in the wilderness, in the desert. And when the Lord calls him, Moses said, I can't go because Moses had a speech impediment. We wouldn't have called Moses, we would have overlooked Moses. 
But how many of you know that oftentimes the very people that we overlook are the ones that God chooses? Throughout the scriptures, there are many individuals who experience the call of God. David was called and anointed to be king while he was tending his father's sheep. God took a shepherd boy and made him king over his people. Most people would have overlooked David, but God knew his capabilities and chose him over others who perhaps were more qualified to lead his people. Think about David. God told Samuel, the prophet said, go down to Jesse's house and anoint me a king. And, and Jesse brought, I mean, he had some good-looking boys. Big, strong, strapping soldier boys. But you'll notice David is outside. David is with the sheep. You ever been around sheep? They smell. David smelled like the sheep. And Samuel went and he said, surely this is the Lord's anointing. He looked the part. He had all the, all the qualifications. And the Lord said, no, I've not chosen him. I've not chosen him. And he went down the line and finally said, you have another son? Well, we have David, but we weren't going to bring him in. We are a little embarrassed by him. And when David came, the Lord said, the man looks on the outward, but I look at the heart. And God anointed David to be king. And the Bible defines David as a man after God's own heart. Gideon received a divine call from God in Judges chapter 6. While he was threshing wheat in a wine press, he had an encounter with the angel of the Lord. And listen to the words of the Lord in Judges 6, 12. And the angel appeared to him, and listen to what he says. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Read the scriptures there in Judges 6. Gideon was hiding in a cave, threshing wheat in secret, hiding from the enemy, and the angel comes, the angel of the Lord, by the way, who's Jesus in the Old Covenant, and says, you mighty man of valor. Gideon looked around. Who's he talking to? See, God wasn't speaking to Gideon's circumstances. God was speaking to Gideon's destiny. That's what the call of God is about. You say, I'm not qualified. If you came and told me you were qualified, I'd be concerned about you. I've sat on many boards and I've interviewed potential licensees and or young men being ordained. And I was always impressed by those who came in and say, you know, without God's help, I won't be able to do this. I, man, I don't, don't feel qualified. Those are the ones I always vote for. I say, I believe that they have humility. I believe they understand that God's called them to do something bigger than they are. And I believe that they know that without his help and without his counsel and without his strength, that they will never accomplish all that God's called them to accomplish. But I want to tell you we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us this morning can you say amen Ezekiel received his call in Ezekiel chapters 1 and 2 and in chapter 1 we learn that he had a vision of the glory of God while he was with the captives by the river Chabar and in Exodus chapter 2 verses 1 through and 3 we learn that God spoke to him and gave him a divine commission Verse 3 says, and he said to me, son of man, I'm sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. Ezekiel was sent to a rebellious people and God instructed him to carefully hear his voice and not to be fearful of their words or the looks on their faces. 
I could go on and on this morning and talk to you about individuals who received a divine call from God. I could tell you of Samson and Solomon and Jehu and Peter and Matthew, James and John, Esther and Deborah, and even the Apostle Paul to name a few. And each of these men and women experienced a divine call and they were mightily used of God to accomplish great things for God and through his name and, and do things for his kingdom. God does not always call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are the called according to his purpose. God takes what the enemy means for our destruction and turns it for our good. He qualifies us through the school of the Spirit. Some years ago, when Beth and I were first elected to become pastors, we had a little small church, we, we had, I think the first Sunday we were there, we had 20-something people. I had really taught Sunday school classes bigger than the congregation that I'm about to be the pastor of, but the weight of that thing hit me. And I felt such an overwhelming weight come on me that I thought, man, I can't do this. I, I just felt the burden. I felt the responsibility. And I just felt inadequate and unqualified to assume the role that God had appointed me to do. And I began to pray. And I'll never forget the words the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, son, those I call, I qualify. Those I call, I qualify. This morning, for the next few minutes, I just very quickly want to share three things that I believe God spoke to me about God's call on our lives. The Bible says in Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, for the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. God never changes his mind. We may miss it. We may try to run away from it, but we will never know complete fulfillment until we submit to the Lord's perfect will in our lives and answer the call. I could do a lot of things this morning. I could sell insurance. I could sell used cars. I could be in the retail business. I could do a lot of things this morning, but I'd never be fulfilled totally and completely because I would be doing something that is outside of God's will for my life. Remember what I said earlier, the call of God is a holy calling. The call of God is a high calling. The call of God is a humbling calling. But the call of God is a hopeful calling. You say, Pastor, is it easy to, be, to, to answer the call? It's easy to answer it, but you're going to have difficulties. You're going to have hardships. You're going to walk through some things. I'm a little ahead of myself. But I want you to know that God's faithful. He's faithful. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What are these three things? Number one, we have to revisit the call of God in our life. Every true ministry that is born of God begins with a divine call. Now we have a saying, you know, some are sent, but some just went. People come to me a lot, I, I, I want to go on a missions trip, I'd like to, because they think we're going on a fun trip. And every time I go on a mission trip and come back, 
You know, you have to come back to rest to get over the missions trip. You're preaching two services a day. They're driving you all over the place. And listen, some years ago I went to Mexico, and we split up and went to different churches, and everybody on the team left but me, and I'm standing there at the hotel, and the pastor came to get me and take me to his church. And I want to tell you something. He didn't speak English, and I didn't speak very much Spanish, and I'm trying to figure out how to make conversation with him on the way over there. And when I get over there, I think if the Lord comes, I don't know if he can find me. I couldn't find my way back to the hotel. You just have to put your life in somebody else's hands. And then you come home, people say, Pastor, how'd you enjoy your vacation? It was wonderful. Hallelujah. There's a responsibility when you're called of God. Every true ministry that is born of God begins with a divine call. Dr. Frank Damasio writes, In the face of failure and criticism, every genuine Christian leader is taken back to his call. Did I hear God correctly? Am I where I should be? What must I redo to, turn, to return to God's original call to come under his hand of blessing? The call of God will sustain you during times of testing and severe trials. And every believer who is called of God should expect opposition. Jesus warned us in John 15, 18, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Every believer, every leader walks through times of discouragement. Every believer will experience trials storms and attacks of the enemy but John 16 listen to what Jesus said these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation be of good cheer I have overcome the world you have to go back to that original place where you were called of God that's what I do when I walk through times of discouragement I revisit the call of God James chapter 1, verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Is the enemy coming against you this morning? Go back to your call. Go back to the call of God. Go back to that place of revelation. Go back. Remember the times that God has spoken to you, the times God encountered you with his love, encountered you with his grace, and go back to your call. Listen to what he told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So we revisit the call. Second thing we do is we have to return to the call. We must revisit and then return to our call. Life can become complicated. And we have to be careful that we stay true to our calling. And one of the enemy's tactics is to move us off the call of God. He's the accuser of the brethren. And first thing he wants to do is convince you that you're disqualified. You're not qualified to be called of God. You're not qualified to work in the ministry. You're not qualified to do those things. That's a lie from the enemy. God qualifies us. His blood makes us worthy. Come on, somebody. And the enemy wants to move you off the call of God. It's time this morning to return to the call of God in your life. Return to his divine call. Because we're incomplete without you. And the ministry God has called you to do, we need it in his house. Listen to Isaiah 35 verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. And come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads... 
They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I read to you Romans eleven twenty nine that the calling of God is irrevocable. If you read that in the context that it was written by the Apostle Paul, he's talking about Israel. Israel had disobeyed God. Israel had rebelled against God. Israel had left the covenant of God, but yet God has not forgotten his covenant. The call of God will burn in our lives no matter what we do. We must return to that call. God encounters us to bring us back to our our original call. He visits his church corporately to bring us back to his call and purpose for us as a church. One of the things that I shared with you when I first came back from my battle with COVID is that we had to get really back to the basics of who God had called us to be as a church. We do a lot of things, and sometimes they're good things, but are they the things that God has called us to do? And we we reduce that down to to one three-letter word, wow. We're called to be a people of worship. We're called to be a people of outreach, and we're called to be a people of the word. And everything that we do should fit into those, those three categories. You say, well, what do you mean by worship? Well, every time I witness, I'm worshiping. Every time I'm handing out black beans, and I had pallets of black beans, and people come in and wouldn't take the black beans, so I had to tell them, if you'll eat black beans, you'll never have to go back to the doctor again. (laughs) I got rid of them black beans in Jesus' name. I got barley soup down there now. It's up against the date. But every time I handed out a box of black beans or we gave out a a bag of groceries, we're doing it in the name of the Lord. It's worship under the Lord. It might not be clapping our hands or dancing before the Lord. It it might not be a beautiful dance like Sidney did earlier. But we're worshiping. And with those black beans, they get a Bible. A gospel of John. They get prayer and ministry. That's our second outreach and then you say well how does that fit into the word well we're giving them the word I didn't give them a track I gave them a word because the word will change their life they'll read in here that you must be born again they'll read in here for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and you say that's very simple it's simple but it's powerful we have to get back to the original call What did God call this church to do? What did God call this church to be? In the early beginning of this church, in in 1916. Think about that. In the mill office over here, this church was formed. What did God call this church to do? It's time to come back to that call. He called us to infuse this world that is hopeless, infuse this world that is lost with the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ and to bring hope to a world that's in darkness into a world that's in bondage and to reveal who Jesus is to this community. It's time to return to the call of God. 
Hosea chapter 6 verse 1 says this, Come, let us return to the Lord, for he is torn, and he will heal us. He is stricken, but he will bind us up. Then my third and final point is this. We must revisit. We must return, but then we have to renew the call of God in our life. We need to revisit. We need to return. But then we have to renew the call of God in our life. Psalms 51.10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. How do I renew the call of God? I answer the call. I answer the call.